Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey guys, it's Ross Tucker from Home and Home. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Our next guest might not return to his home before the 2019 regular season ends. He's living on the roof of his bar until his Cincinnati Bengals win a game. But what if they don't? We'll talk to that fan who's on top of a bar, in the cold, missing his wife, Jeff Lanham, Bengals fan, living up on his roof when we come back after a quick break. Sunday, the 0-10 Cincinnati Bengals host the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 5-5. Whether or not the uh, Bengals win a game doesn't just impact their draft status, currently number one in the NFL draft. It also determines if and when one of their loyal fans ever gets to go home again and sleep in his own bed in his own bedroom and see his wife. Let's talk to that fan, Jeff Lanham, who's been living on the roof of the Hog Rock Cafe for several weeks now. Jeff, thanks for coming on the program. Dave Briggs and former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, why are you living on your bar's roof? I don't even know, really. (laughs) Tell us about uh, the bet. Well, it really wasn't a bet. We were... uh... We were in the bar of our restaurant, and we were uh, watching the Pittsburgh game. It was halftime, and uh, they were losing. Everybody was starting to leave. Uh, my wife was on Facebook talking with people, like, you know, that bash the Bengals when they're getting beat, and she was ignoring me, so I looked over at one of my buddies and just kind of winked at him a little bit and said, hey, watch this, you know, and I told her. Well, I just made the comment out loud. I said, if they can't beat Arizona, I'm going to sleep on top of the roof and, uh, like, pull a wild man walker until they win. And next thing you know, she goes down to the tailgate down in Cincinnati the following weekend against Arizona and the Channel 19, Channel 12, the news stations are down there. And my wife never does a live interview, but she does one that day, and she happens to tell them that, comment that I made Monday night and Cincinnati lost and here I am hold on a second so Jeff you're on that roof because your wife told the news networks about it so your wife is the one to blame for this I mean I said it but (laughs) she told it live I mean I think I could have worked my way out of it if it would have stayed in the bar but after that, once it went live, everybody was screaming it when the game was over. And by the time we got back to our restaurant, there was all kinds of people here ready for it to happen. I mean, I didn't even have a tent. Uh, I didn't have nothing packed. I, I wasn't planning on going there. 
I got back here, ordered a large draft and some chicken wings, and the next thing you know, one of the customers left and went to their house, got me a tent, and I, you know, I was committed. Then one of the local companies, tree trimming companies, brought a lift truck over here and sent me up on the second story of the roof, and that's how it started. <laughs> Jeff Lanham's been living on the roof of the Hog Rock Cafe. How long have you been there, Jeff? And what are you doing all day and night? There's a train getting ready to go by. You can probably hear it. Uh, been up <laughs> it's loud all night long. <laughs> oh, God, man. That just made it worse. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you- well, tonight will be night 46. And uh, basically, you don't do anything. You just sit here. I watch Netflix. I watch all kinds of sports all day long, as long as it's on. I mean, if it's nice weather, I got on the roof. I probably got the cleanest roof in Indiana. All right, so wait, wait, wait. Are you in Indiana? Yeah, I live uh, Milan, Indiana. You remember the basketball movie, The Hoosiers? Yeah. That's where I'm at, Milan, Indiana. All right, but you're a big Bengals fan. I guess you guys are right on the border there? Oh, yeah, we're on the borderline. It's uh, it's about a 45-minute drive to Cincinnati, probably an hour and 25 minutes to Indianapolis. God, okay. So are you working? Like, I mean, I know you're sleeping up there, but are you working? Tell me about your bar and restaurant. This is your bar and restaurant. Are you working there, and is that what you're sleeping on top of? Yeah, I'm sleeping on top of it. No, I haven't left the roof. Uh, the, I left the roof one day from uh, basically about 8 in the morning to 8 o'clock at night. I uh, had prior commitments to a uh, benefit called Baby uh, Backroading for Baby Brooke, and we donated all the food for that event. So I went there and did all the food for that event and helped raise money for Baby Brooke. But other than that, I've been up here every day. I don't leave the roof, only just to go to the bathroom, and that's it. What does your wife make of all this? I mean, she's pretty much committed into it now, like how I am, because she knows that I'm not going to quit. So, I mean, there's days it's okay, and there's days that she's tired of it. (laughs) Has she, Jeff... Has she come up to the roof and and made it up to you for what she did? Yeah, she comes here every day and sees me. Uh, She brings me groceries and stuff. She'll bring, like last night, she brought me dinner. Uh, I mean, I guess it's both, you know, it's both of our faults, really. So do you have, uh, (laughs) do you have friends that come up and visit you? And is that train, does that train come by in the middle of the night? Yeah, sometimes around. It's usually around two thirty-three. And how about friends? Do they come by and visit you? Yeah, there's been a lot of people come by, new faces, just to see if it's true or not. Uh, my friends come up, they'll hang out. I'll move my cot, and we'll put three or four chairs in there, and we'll sit around, and have some beers, watch some football or basketball, whatever's on. All right, so Jeff, I still have a bunch of questions for you. This is amazing. All right. 
So I like I don't understand. You own a restaurant, but you don't work in the restaurant. Uh, I do everything off of this iPad, or uh, my wife will bring stuff up to me, and I'll bid like for uh, do quotes for caterings, and you know we got a really good uh, kitchen staff. We got great waitresses and bartenders, and my wife kind of she's kind of like running the show, and then you know we got really good people that work here and. If they need anything, they come up here and we talk about it. It's like my own little office now. So has this been a, a big positive for your restaurant bar? I mean, you're getting all kinds of publicity. People are coming to check it out. Has this been a, a good business move? Uh, I don't like, I mean, there has been, you know, new faces around, uh, you know, by the numbers. It really, we stay pretty busy anyway for you know where we're at i mean it has picked up a little bit but i mean i don't think it's anything drastic we're talking to jeff lanham who's uh, obviously a loyal cincinnati bengals fan been living on his roof of the hog rock cafe 46 days now all right so i'm sure you've looked jeff at the schedule as as have I a number of times. You've got the Steelers this weekend. There's a possibility there the way Mason Rudolph has played four interceptions last week. Then you have the Jets. You have two games with Cleveland. Second to last week at Miami. Where do you see the losing streak ending? I mean, it would be great just to beat Pittsburgh. I can't stand that team. Uh, but I think our best chances are probably the Jets and Miami. All right. So, Jeff, uh, have you considered what you're going to do if the Bengals go 0-16? Yeah, if they go 0-16, I said, you know, before I came up here, when the Cincinnati Bengals season is over, I'll come down. And when their season starts back up next year, I'll come back up. I'm not going to stay up here when, when, when they're off. When they're off, I'm not going to be still going for them. All right, so here's another question. What all do you have in your setup up there? Like, how do you have, like, heat and stuff on your roof? How did you set that up? Well, we had, I had an electrician. Uh, uh, Straub Electric came out and ran me some power to the tent. So I have uh, three heaters, a microwave, a little camp organizer that Timber Ridge gave me. Timber Ridge gave me a cot, um, an insulated mat that you put on the cot to lay on to keep your body heat in while you're in your sleeping bag. Uh, one of my buddies brought me a recliner. Uh, I got a 55-inch flat-screen TV, uh, two coolers, one for food, one for beer. And that's about it. Can you give us a little tour? Is this a laptop or a cell phone? Are you able to show us around the place briefly? Give us a little uh, a little 360 tour. Is that possible, Jeff? Yeah, I'll show you. Oh, yes. Please show us around the man cave. All right, show us what you got. All right, here's my little camp organizer and microwave. There's a heater there. Here's my cot. I got the window open. It's it's gonna get in some fresh air. I made me a entertainment stand out of some milk crates. There's my TV. 
I took a, I took one of them fans, put it sideways, made a blower for my heater over here. There's a Bengals clock that one of my uh, friends had brought me to keep up here for some good luck, bring some good luck. Here's a uh, picture that Wild Man Walker gave me. He autographed it, said, you're not beating my record. 61 days, which I don't even want to beat his record. I didn't want to be up here. And my granddaughter, he gave me that sign, and here's a recliner that one of my friends had brought me. That's it. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, are you are you are you absolutely hating this right now? Is this like the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Yeah, I'd say it's up there. Everybody all everybody's been making comments that it was like a business move. Man, they're crazy. There's no way I would I would never do this for a business move. I'd rather be uh down on the ground going about my daily business. I mean, I don't bend anything benefit anything from this it's just crazy but you must be a little conflicted because of course right now you got the number one pick in the draft so are you at all conflicted in terms of wanting your team to continue losing to secure that number one pick in the draft and get yourself a franchise quarterback or, in all honesty, a few more weeks of, of man cave time. Do you weigh the pros and cons? No. I would, if, if we got – I would take the number one draft pick if it was me and get a manager that can run our team better than Mike Brown. So, Jeff, I, this might be my last one, although – Pretty much every time you talk, I have like two or three more questions that come into my head. This is amazing. Um, talk to me about Milan in the end. Like, how long have you been a Bengals fan? And do you hate yourself now for being a Bengals fan? Um, I, grew, I, I actually was raised over in Ohio, right outside of Cincinnati. So I've always been a Bengals fan. Um, my wife is originally from Indiana. And that's why I moved to Indiana when I met her. And we've had this business here in Milan now for nine years. And I love it out here. There's, you know, I'd pick this place over any place to live, this hometown. But what about being a Bengals fan? What about being a Bengals fan? I'll always be a Bengals fan. Well, I shouldn't say always. If they would (laughs) have hired Cat, if if they. If they would have signed Kaepernick, I was coming down. If, if they well, – hold on. If they signed Colin Kaepernick, you were done with the club? Why? I, I won't support a team that's, uh, that supports a man that doesn't support the United States of America. There's a time to protest and there's a time not to protest, and during the national anthem is not one of them. I would have I left the Bengals forever then. I never would have been a fan of them. You would rather go 0-16 and, and, and watch Ryan Finley continue to struggle mightily than have Colin Kaepernick come win a few football games, huh? So, so my question is, why, why is your word so important to you here? Ultimately, like you said, it, it isn't actually a huge bet. So you could just say, you know what? I'm tired, man. I got to go back to work and I miss my bed. Why is your word so important there? Yeah, I, honestly, I mean, 
that's probably what's wrong with a lot of stuff around here in uh, in America and around the world is, you know, nobody ever keeps their word. There's always people that, you know, just don't own up to what they say. And that's basically the reason why I'm up here and stuck for so long. Yeah, I know I could have I could have not came up here the very first day, but that's just not how I am. Okay, last question for me. I need some good uh, Netflix options, and you got nothing but time, Jeff. So I'd like a, a few Netflix tips for all the folks that don't have as much time as you've had to sit back and watch some quality TV. Yeah, I've been watching all the kind of old Viking ones right now. I've been on a kick watching them for a while. Uh, I started off watching the Friday Night Tykes and Somebody told me to watch a Viking series, and I watched it, and I think it was called The King, and it's went on from then. Everyone that shows it's a match, I watch it. That's good stuff. All right. Now, now Jeff, Jeff, I got to tell you. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Dave. I was going to say, Jeff, I got a lot of respect for you, man. A lot of respect for you for keeping your word and for how you feel. I mean, you're a better man than I am. I I wouldn't... (laughs) I would have caved, I think, a long time ago. A lot of respect for you, dude. Thank you. Last question. Are the Bengals aware of your 46-day stay up there? Have you heard from anyone uh, connected to the team at all? Uh, I'm sure they're aware of it. I mean, somebody called me from Australia yesterday. (laughs) But no, nobody's called me from Cincinnati. They're probably told to stay away from me, honestly. All right. Well, we urge everyone to go check out the Hog Rock Cafe and and go visit Jeff Lanham, the most dedicated of Bengals fans throughout this difficult 0-10 season. Jeff, we'd like to continue to check in with you. Maybe it's over this weekend. If it's not, let's chat again next week. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Thanks for the tour as well. Ross, this is everything we love about NFL fandom, my friend. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much to unpack there, right? Um, that guy, you know, it's funny, Dave, because I tell people this all the time, right? The people that live in major cities in the Northeast or in California especially, you know, New York and Philly and Boston or they live in L.A. or whatever. You know, I live in central Pennsylvania, and there are a lot of people – in the center part of our country that are like Jeff Lanham. He reminds me a lot of a lot of people around here, a lot of people from where my wife's from. You know, there are a lot of people that their word means something. Their their word means everything. Like they're not going to go back on their word no matter what. Like that's that is important to them. It means a lot to them. And I thought what he said about Kaepernick was really important, Dave, because I know, I know that a lot of people say Kaepernick's not protesting against the United States. He's not against the military. He's not against the anthem or the flag. I I, I get all that, okay? All I'm saying is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because that's how people like Jeff Lanham feel. So picture yourself being the Bengals owner And you're going to try to get a quarterback. Do you want to get a quarterback who's probably going to come in and be your backup, 
who people like Jeff Lanham, who's loyal enough to sleep on a roof, live on a roof for 46 days. But the only thing that would cross over the line for him is if you sign Kaepernick. The Bengals are struggling to have fans as it is. Is it worth it to have a backup quarterback for people like Lanham and others to never be a fan again? That's why it's so much more of an issue than people realize. Because whether you agree with Jeff Lanham or not, people like that are out there. And there's a lot of them that feel that way. So you have to take that into account when you're an owner making a decision. Yeah, and I didn't want to go down too far down that road. Look, I don't like the way Colin Kaepernick went about his business in the NFL. I don't like the way he's gone about it the last three years. I will say, once and for all, he is not against the United States of a freaking America, and he is not against the U.S. military. I knew that was an unwinnable argument with Jeff. I love what he's doing up there. It was a Green Beret who served our country nobly, who went to war for our country, that suggested Colin Kaepernick take a knee during the national anthem. He is not against the military. He is not against our country. I do disagree with the way he's gone about his business, but you are absolutely right that all the owners and GMs have to take into account how many people would refuse to support the team, would refuse to watch the team, would refuse to go to games, would maybe cancel their season tickets if they were to sign Colin Kaepernick. It's a real reminder of the risks an organization takes on signing that guy. That's aside from the distraction that it would cause in your camp each and every day. Those fans, and remember, At the height of that protest, NFL ratings took a massive beating. They took a hit. Now, they have rebounded, and they have rebounded big time. They are up 6%. They are up 9% from two years ago. They are crushing it. 16 million people are watching each and every NFL game on average. Folks, that is more than the 13 million people in total that watched day one of the impeachment proceedings against the U.S. president. That's combining three cable news networks and three broadcast networks. Yes, 13 million people watched cumulative day one of the impeachment proceedings. 16 million watched every single NFL game. So yes, I would agree with you. That was a bit of a reminder why Colin Kaepernick faces such a long road uh, getting an NFL job. Any last word here? No, not really. Uh, I mean, I think you said it. The bottom line is I, I know it was a Green Beret, and I know he wasn't protesting the military. But there are a lot of people in the country, including a bunch of military members, that find it disrespectful and are offended that he or anyone else would kneel during the national anthem and there's nothing anyone can say to make them feel differently. That's just the reality of the situation. Okay, and we're going to get a break in, but how long will Jeff be up there, Ross? Uh, Again, here's the schedule. Pittsburgh this weekend, that's at Cincinnati. Uh, They're home for the Jets at Cleveland. They take on New England. They're at Miami, home for Cleveland. Look, I'm going to say it right now. I don't think they win a football game. I think he's up there until 2020. 
I think they'll win a game. Uh, I think they'll win mm. uh, one of these next three or four games. They were competitive against the Raiders. They lost on the road 17-10. to 10. I think if they were still playing Andy Dalton, the quarterback, they would definitely win a game. But yeah. I think that they will somehow win one of these games over the next month or so, and Jeff can go back down. I don't know if he knew what I was referring to when I said is his wife going up to the roof to make it up to him. He said, yeah, she brings me dinner. <laughs> she brings me. That was not what I was talking about, Jeff. Not what I was talking about. Not a lot of room up on that roof, but there's enough room. Anyway, we got to get a break. <laughs> no, I don't think you knew what you were talking about either, but we're all Jeff fans. I think we're going to talk to him again on this program because he ain't coming down anytime soon. Hey, guys, it's Ross Tucker from Home on Home. As you all know, hiring can be a challenge, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey guys, it's Ross Tucker from Home and Home. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We go ahead and we talk to somebody from Pro Football Focus every week because we're ahead of the game. We're smart. We know what the deal is. We know that this is the future. And really, it's not just the future. It is the present. Solly, it's Ross. It's Carrington. Great to see you. You look awesome. I like kind of the collar up like that, Solly. <laughs> Everything about you looks awesome right there. Um, let's start with this, Solly. We've seen Jason Garrett say yesterday on one of our affiliates, 105.3, the fan in Dallas, that he does not use the in-game win probability data. As a guy that works for PFF, your thoughts on that? Well, he's behind the curve, right? Um, because there are other coaches who are using the data. Certainly a John Harbaugh, and you can see the way he coaches, the way he empowers his team to be able to make more plays. He's a coach that literally is leveraging um, technology. 
and the data that we now use and can crunch um, through computer technology and machine learning to help you make better decisions in game. I think we saw that play out on Sunday when Jason Garrett could have made some better decisions that would have given his team a better opportunity to win games. And we also seeing it play out in a more positive manner for a team like the Baltimore Ravens. Solomon, uh, in your opinion, why don't more teams do this? Is it stubbornness? Is it just archaic thinking? It seems so obvious to me that if you're an NFL team, you would want to use all the information that's at your fingertips. Why don't you think more teams do this? You know, and, and really, when you think about it, uh, what we do here at PFF, we grade every player on every play and we crunch the data. Um, but really, it is it's a tool, right? It's a tool that you've got to be able to digest the information, interpret it um, properly and then be able to deliver that information to your players to help them to go out and execute. And I think um, each coach is different. Um, some coaches are able to, to digest that information to be able to interpret it properly and be able to give it to their players in a game plan in some way, shape, or form. Other coaches may just use it to evaluate talent or to evaluate players maybe in free agency or through the draft. Another team may use it um, um, for salary cap measures in terms of uh, evaluating and quantifying how much they want to pay players. The data can take you very far. There is no doubt about it. I think you could use it to help you make better um, decisions in just about every single area, including in-game situational moments. Um, you got to really, I think, stop down to ask every single team, every single coach, why do you use it? Why don't you use it? How can you use it? How can you use this to make you better? We try to help them with that. We've got all 32 teams signed up and work with us here at PFF and over 70 Division One college teams. So, I think the longer they use it, the better they use it. Some teams are more ingrained and more understanding of the data than others. It's interesting, Sally, because evidently Jerry Jones was just on our affiliate in Dallas, 105.3 The Fan, available on the radio.com app. And I guess he was on with Sean and RJ, and I guess he has Jason Garrett's back. When it comes to no analytics, let's take a listen together. No, that's uh, uh, that's would be a preference on his part that he's expressing, but I happen to agree with him. Uh, the uh, analytics aspect of it is a history of how these decisions have worked out. Uh, that's probably good to know, but the momentum of the game, the situation of the game, the uh, – uh, if you will, in the other night's game, the uh, conditions of the game, uh, all of that are uh, more important in my mind than the, the uh, 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 success history of a, a similar decision. Uh, you're dealing uh, with uh, uh, of averages. You're dealing with uh, uh, almost theory. And uh, uh, you're certainly dealing with a result, but it doesn't take into account really the uh, – uh, kinds of times when you've gone against every odds and made it work. I've had my big success when I'm sure analytics would have said, uh, make the other decision the other way. Jerry, and I may be way off on this analogy, but like as an oil guy, like if a scientist told you there's oil there, you're you're probably going to drill. Like, don't you think that information is useful to the to the team that 
hey, if you go for it here, you increase your chance of winning by 3%. Not really. Not really. Uh, there's so many more questions asked than if oil is there. Wow. Wow. So, you know, I actually thought I actually thought I could understand what Jerry was saying, meaning like weather conditions or how the games go. Like, I almost thought he had a good argument. But then when they say if the scientist says he's pretty sure there's oil there, he goes, no, it wouldn't make a difference to me. (laughs) That is rough. That is solid. That's rough. That's rough, man. Hey, you know, we talk about this, Ross. There are some science deniers. There are some deniers of of analytics. But it was just last week that Jerry Jones praised one of the best coaches that the game's ever seen in Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick is not a denier of data analytics. In fact, he was one of the first coaches to begin to embrace using data. Now, data, yes, is it. Do we have models that are based on things that have occurred in the past? Yes. But we also have models that are highly predictive on future behavior, okay? Because these models take into account all probabilities, and then it's going to give you, it doesn't tell you something is guaranteed to happen. It tells you here are the ratios, here are the probabilities, and the likelihood of these things happening. Ross, you and I, we played in the game. We know that all of our game plans that if I, as a defensive back, if I see down in distance, 11 personnel, okay, in a certain formation, it doesn't guarantee that they're going to run a certain play, but there's a high probability that they're going to run a certain play. And I'm going to hedge. I am going to lean on that information and try to make the best play that I can based on the information that I have. And I made a lot of plays that way. Uh, Rod Woodson, who's a Hall of Fame defensive back, has over 70 career interceptions. He made those plays using the same kind of information, taking in the data and using his analytics to hedge to be able to make a lot of plays. So when a coach or an owner says that, no, I'm not going to use information, I'm just going to play with my gut, I I really don't know what they're talking about. And that's not you're not going to have a high level of success if that's the way you're leaning. And maybe that's why the Cowboys are 0-4 right now against teams with a winning record. So, obviously, we can determine that the Cowboys are not good at this. Who are some teams that you think use this method and use it at a high level? Well, I think the Baltimore Ravens is one. Uh, I think going into the Monday night game, they were converting about 71% of their fourth down plays they're going for it more on fourth down than a lot of other teams uh the 49ers are another one of those teams um and and the new england patriots they use their you know they use the pff data but they have their own metrics that they fold a lot of the data that they can get from us and they formulate their own game plan the eagles uh when they beat the uh, new england patriots in the super bowl and went for it on fourth down remember that the touchdown pass to Nick Foles. Um, they converted two fourth down plays in that Super Bowl, and it kind of convinced um, the Patriots that, you know what, they have information that we don't. Maybe we ought to go out and get it too. And then the Patriots also became a customer. So um, those are just a few of the teams that are using it and using it at a very high level, and uh, they're able to win on Sundays. 
by making some very important decisions. The Indianapolis Colts are another one of those teams. Frank Wright, um, he has his own data analysts in-house, and uh, but they take the information that we provide for them and they put it to good use. Sally, last question. We'll get you out of here. Uh, you played most of your career with the Cincinnati Bengals. You live in Cincinnati. That's where PFF is. I just kind of want to get your thoughts because Carrington and I are going to talk about it. Your thoughts on the team going back to Andy Dalton. It, it feels like they just don't want to go winless, Sally. I'm not. I'm not mad at them for it, but it just is it that simple? Well, uh, for one, I think they 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 see what they have in Ryan. Finley, and it's not good. I mean, it does not look good. Um, and, yeah, they want to win games. Ross, you and I both know organizations may be doing one thing at the top, but every single coach, every single player, when you step out on that field, you want to look your best. You don't want to be humiliated and embarrassed by your opponent. Um, you want to go out and try to win games. And then you let the offseason take care of itself. Um, but to go out there each and every Sunday and to lose and be beaten and humiliated, um, that's, that's tough. That makes this profession very hard and very difficult. And uh, Andy Dalton certainly gives the Cincinnati Bengals a much better chance of winning on Sundays than Ryan Finley. I think they had to take a look at the young quarterback to see what he was going to give them. Remember, they were 0-8 going into a bye week. They felt like they could give this kid two weeks to get ready for his very first game. But we've seen enough, okay? Um, and uh, it's time to at least give your team the best chance you can of winning. And there's no doubt that Andy Dalton gives them a much better chance than Ryan Finley. Sally, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. All right, Ross. Hey, keep up the good work. And uh, thanks for having me on. It was great joining you. Yeah, use the promo code for PFF, QB25. Whether you love fantasy football, gambling, or are just an armchair general manager, make sure you go to PFF.com to get premium stats and analysis. Use promo code QB25 to get 25% off your elite subscription today. Cody Decker here from Swings and Misses, the Radio.com Sports Original, here to talk to you about 4hims.com. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. I'm 32 years old, and I've been taking hymns for about three and a half months, and I'm getting incredible results. My hairline's coming back thicker and fuller than it has in years. Even Frosty has grown his hair back this winter. 4hims.com. There are no snake oil pills or gas station over-the-counter supplements. They're prescription solutions backed by science. No more awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. 4hims connects you with real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You answer a few quick questions, the doctor will review and they'll determine whether or not Hims is right for you. This holiday season, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow with Hims. Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to 4 slash swings. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash swing. Prescription products are subject to doctor's approval and require online consultation with a physician who will determine if the prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy in person. Remember, 4 com slash swings. Now is the time in the show where I tell you about my good buddy, Dylan Miskowitz. And more importantly, I tell you about ZipRecruiter and his wonderful experience with ZipRecruiter. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching 
for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey guys, it's Ross Tucker from Home and Home. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Speaking of Philly, they're kind of freaking out right now, Carrington, about how Carson be. Wentz has played the last two games. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WIP Morning Show. Doug, City is very frustrated. They, they should really, be. They, they should be. They, you are too, aren't you? I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. We're frustrated. The team's frustrated. This is not us. This is not uh, who we are. We're, we're right now, we're... We're, we're playing great defense and uh, not so great offense the last couple of weeks. So it's something that uh, we understand that has to, well, I know this, the fans deserve better. You know, one of the things, um, and, and, you know, listen, I, I've never used injury as, a, as an excuse for, for anything that we do. You know, um, we do have a lot of guys that are, that are missing. Uh, when you go down the list, Alshon, Nelly, Jordan, Lane, I mean, there's guys down the list that are starters for us that – are missing, you know, substantial games. And so that, that can affect timing, that can affect rhythm, that can affect your execution. Ladies and gentlemen of Philadelphia, I have the following comments directed to the following people. Number one, to Doug Peterson, whose play calling is reminiscent of Rich Kotite, cowardly and stupid. Two, the players who have decided to no longer be warriors, and no longer be anything resembling a male. You are an embarrassment to the male gender. To Howie Roseman, who has decided to not field a professional football team. It was like watching the third preseason game of the year. To the medical staff, who cannot figure out a way to get players to come back. To Mother Nature, who has decided two Sundays in a row to have 50 mile an hour winds and crappy weather in the fall. To all of you, I say this. You suck! You suck! Go to you-know-where! I can't stand you right now! You are cowards! 
You are an embarrassment to this city, and I am very, very, very mad and embarrassed to say that I rooted for you. And finally, what you have done to Carson Wentz, his head is so screwed up, he doesn't know which way is up anymore, and you made him suck too. All of you, goodbye. Till next year, pitchers and catchers in 90 days. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny from the Dirty 30. Would you be shocked if they lost to Miami? Yes. Oh. No. I'm not prepared to answer that question oh. on a Monday. Please. Monday, I demand you remove that question. Yeah, yes, Carrington. That is uh, right near where I grew up. I grew up about an hour west in Reading, PA. Uh, you know, you heard Doug Peterson. Let me ask you this. I, Because, I, you know, I'm so close to it that I like to get a neutral observer whose opinion I respect's thoughts, okay? So on Sunday, they were without their top three receivers. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. Their receivers, none of whom had caught a pass since September. It was Jordan Matthews, Mac Hollins, they, uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and they pulled up Greg Ward from the practice squad. They also did not have Lane Johnson, maybe their best lineman, at right tackle. So they moved Andre Dillard, who's really only a left tackle at this point, to right tackle. That was an issue. And uh, Brandon Brooks uh, suffers from anxiety attacks. He is a tremendous player. But Lane Johnson is really interesting, actually, because Lane Johnson has helped him a lot with his anxiety. And I wonder if not having Lane next to him and Lane to help him with it is one of the reasons why Brandon Brooks is only able to play in the first series of the game. It became that debilitating for him. So on the one hand, they were extremely shorthanded. Carrington. <coughs> on the other hand, Carson Wentz clearly missed receivers like at least three to five times and fumbled a couple times and held on to the ball too long. So I guess, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game. I know the chiefs had a bye, so maybe you did, or maybe you watched in the red zone or whatever, but how do you reconcile all those guys being out, but Wentz is still missing throws. He probably shouldn't. First off, I want to tell you that I picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year. I had them defeating the New England Patriots. I'm as high on the individual talent on the Philadelphia Eagles as anybody. I do want to point out, anytime someone says, I don't want to use this as an excuse, they are about to make an excuse. And that's exactly what we heard from Doug Peterson. Ross, you know this as well as anybody. Injury and attrition is just a part of the game. When you sign up to play professional football, it is not a question of if someone is going to get injured. It is a question of simply when someone is going to get injured. Every team in the NFL is having to deal with it. We see Carolina dealing with it without their starting quarterback. We've seen New Orleans deal with it with no Drew Brees and no Alvin Kamara. Kansas City has dealt with it. I've seen them without their left tackle, without their running back, without their quarterback, without Tyreek Hill. Every team in the NFL is dealing with injuries to some extent. Philadelphia is probably one of the more confusing teams in the NFL. We saw them win at Lambeau, a place that not many teams in the NFL can go in and win. But they also lost to Atlanta early in the season when Atlanta was terrible in the early part of the season. So I don't know if anyone has a hold on the Philadelphia Eagles. 
But I wouldn't worry too much about it. What I mean is, if you look at their schedule in their last five remaining games, at Miami, Miami's terrible, home against the Giants, and at Washington. You should be able to win all three of those games. You put yourself in a situation in the last two games of the season that you play Dallas and you still have them at home and you have the Giants. So I know it looks bad right now for the Eagles, but you can't you, excuse me, you can't really ask for a better stretch of games down the stretch than the Eagles have. The problem with the Eagles is Carson Wentz. A couple of years ago, I thought that Carson Wentz was poised to win NFL MVP prior to the ACL tear. I think he was going to win that year over Brady. Last year, he even had a good season. We've seen him really regress this year. We've seen him regress, and we've seen Jared Goff uh, regress this year, and Mitch Trubisky. So a lot of the young quarterbacks who I think were on that either top tier the way I thought Wentz was or that second tier the way Goff was, we've really seen them regress I think Wentz is probably their biggest problems that a lot of times your quarterback can kind of mask over some of the deficiencies of your team. It's hard to mask over the deficiencies when you yourself are part of the deficiency. I would agree. Let's keep it in the NFC East. And I'm dying to get your thoughts on this. And I'm dying to hear what the people in D.C. had to say about the Redskins getting a win, (coughs) but probably in particular – Dwayne Haskins' performance and missing the last play of the game as he was taking a selfie. Let's listen to the folks down at 106.7 The Fan in D.C. You know, it's just a young quarterback, man. He's in the moment. You know, he thought, uh, uh, you know, from what I heard, he thought he, thought he missed the he, he, he thought the game was over. I mean, the guy got his first career. I'm not going to sit here and beat him up on, on him not being out there on the staff. You know, as a young guy, you know, he just has to be a little more locked in and focused on that. But, um, man, we got the win. He, he, he got his first career when it was big for him. He was hugging everybody. We were emotional on the sideline. Um, it was a great feeling for him. And, um, you know, I know the coaches will get to it and correct it. So. So it's a selfie. They won a game. He's a rookie. Let it go. There, there is so much posturing and so much fake moralizing in the NFL media. The selfie really wasn't a big deal for me. Hey, you're going to think, I mean, you're going to the crowd. You're taking pictures with guys. The only, the only issue is the awareness. Like, you got to have enough game awareness to know, hey, I need to be out in victory formation to close this game out. So I was, I was absolutely shocked. Um, I, in, in all my years of being around football, which encompasses 50, 60 years, I've never seen a situation like that. Um, and that's why, you know, I said what I said. I, you know, Dwayne, it, it, was, it was something that was immature. As a young man, it's only played 15 football games, counting the two he started as a professional. And, and uh, he'll grow into it. I think it's, it's a matter of that is over and done with. But, you know, you just, that moment, let me tell you, from a, from a football standpoint, you play 60 minutes of football, and that was a hard-hitting football game. And uh, you're getting the crappy daddy as a quarterback. The offensive linemen are fighting their guts out. The running backs are running hard. The receivers are getting pummeled, making unbelievable catches. When you get a chance to get into that victory formation, you step in the huddle and you go victory formation on one, and you take that last snap, that's a very sacred moment to me. All right, 106.7, the fan in D.C. That was awesome. First you heard some callers, then you heard Morgan Moses, Chris Thompson, and of course I think most people recognize Joe Theismann's voice at the end. I obviously commented on it yesterday, Carrington. I wanted to get your thoughts 
on Dwayne Haskins missing the last snap, missing the kneel down victory formation because he was taking a selfie. Big deal, no deal, somewhere in the middle. I just want to make this face to Joe Theismann. Sacred moment. He called kneeling the football at the end of the game in which the game is in doubt or no no longer in doubt. A sacred moment. I can't remember. I think it was a caller that said there's so there's so much fake moralization in the NFL. No one really cares about this. If he had missed a significant play, then I'd be on the same side as everybody else. You got to keep your head in the game. You got to stay focused. It shows where your mental is during the moment. But the game was over. There's not a single person that denies if the outcome was in question or not. The Redskins had won the football game. It's his first professional win. He's going off in the crowd. He's celebrating. All right, maybe he should have been there for it. But I just don't have it in my moral fiber to really care that he took a selfie at the end of the game when he all he missed was the clock winding down to go in and knee it. People are treating this like it's some Friday Night Lights situation and that he's Chris Comer and forgot his helmet and they put in Booby Miles and now Booby tore his ACL. That's not what happened here. No one was harmed in the making of this film. He took a selfie. He created a moment for life. None of us are talking about the win because we don't care about the Washington Redskins. Now we care about it because we can talk about this selfie. This is just a way for older people to dog millennials. They do it all the time. They find new ways to poke fun at millennials. This is just another way for them to do it. Let's celebrate the kid getting his first career win. I don't care about the selfie. So I would say I don't think it's a sacred moment. I think that's probably a little much. That's not the word I would use for Joe Theismann. What I would tell you is it is a pretty cool thing. Like when you're in that huddle and you know you've won the game and you say, uh, you know, victory formation, you go up to the line and you look at the guys whose butt you just kicked, it's a good feeling. Now, And, and so ultimately all that happened is Haskins missed what's a really good feeling, a fun moment. Um, you know, it's what's interesting to me about it is – Based on some of the other concerns I've heard about Haskins and, um, you know, some of the whispers, some of the things that have been reported about Haskins, normally I'd be like, ah, he's a young guy. But you know what? This is – I've never heard of this happening to anybody else. And when you combine it with the other concerns that people have about Haskins – it makes you wonder a little bit. So I don't think it's a big deal. Um, and I would think it's almost no deal other than the, the previous concerns, which makes it a little bit of a deal in my mind. Something to keep an eye on. Like, how do you not know after the interception, first thing you do is you look at the clock and you see, do I have to go back out there or not? I mean, it's just not, it's not a, it's not a great look for him from a uh, situational awareness football standpoint. Ross, these pictures are not going to like themselves. Like It's that simple. These pictures are not going to like themselves, so somebody has to be out there and doing it. And all of us have left work early. Like all of us have been, <coughs> I'm sick. So you can get out at 4.30 when you don't get off until 5 o'clock. Just think about it in that context. He had an extra 15 minutes left on his shift, but he cut work early. I'm not going to get that upset about it. Basically, it comes to, and Ross, you know this from being in the locker room, 
do the other 52 guys in that locker room really care about it? If this is an issue in the Redskins locker room, then all right, this is something to talk about. This just feels like this is a media story, and this is something that Joe in Lanover, Maryland is worried about, but Adrian Peterson's not worried about. You know, I don't even blame him. I blame the person that hired him. That's the problem. It's the hiring process. It's not easy. They, they should have done what my guy Dylan Miskowitz did. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com enter. That's ziprecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Finish the show with your number one thing that you are going to eat on Thanksgiving or that you typically like to eat on Thanksgiving. What is the star of the Harrison Meal Show? I was going to say that I was really looking forward to getting one of those Cajun turkeys from Popeye's. Popeye's has really had a resurgence in my heart. I kind of was cheating on them with Chick-fil-A for a long period of time, but they released the chicken sandwich that absolutely changed my life. So they sell a Cajun turkey. It's $40, and I was really excited to try it. I've been looking around the city to try to find it. Hopefully that I can find one. That's number one. I only eat cranberry sauce two times a year. I eat it at Christmas, and I eat it at Thanksgiving. There's something about that cranberry sauce blend the way it mixes with the stuffing and it mixes with the mashed potatoes and it mixes with the ham or with the ham and the turkey and the macaroni and cheese that just creates a perfect blend i will say this if my cranberry sauce doesn't have the ridges keep it off my table i don't want your original authentic real genuine cranberry sauce you know what I'm talking about. I need the cranberry sauce coming out the white ocean spray can. If it doesn't have ridges on my cranberry sauce, I don't want it on my plate. Yeah, cranberry sauce is pretty disgusting. That's a terrible call by you. Um, my thing is sausage filling. Let me just tell you, Carrington, I can assure you it is the worst looking thing you will ever put in your mouth. It looks like frozen baby diarrhea it looks terrible okay but my grandma learned it when she lived in germany uh my mom's an army brat when they were in germany it's like a sausage based stuffing 
And it is so freaking good. You ask any of my cousins, my sister, anybody, like I would straight up liquefy that shit and tap my veins and inject it into my veins. It is so good. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hi everyone this is dave briggs thanks for listening to the home and home podcast remember you can watch or listen live every day from 8 to 10 30 a.m eastern time exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.